0: Lovely neighbourhood doing something a little different this week. A very big and exciting guest unfortunately had to postpone their episode at the last minute this week. And while old me would have stayed up all night to get you another new app, I thought it'd be a nice time to re-release this zinger from the incredible Gary Vee last year. It occurred to me some of you might have only joined recently, and this was one of my favourites, even though it's also one of our shortest. Definitely a big challenge to stay focused and only concentrate on stuff that you haven't already heard elsewhere from this prolific digital legend. I also realised, re listening, that I've learned so much more about editing and sound since then, but this one was also recorded in a very noisy hotel last minute, so please excuse the background noise. I'm still learning every day, still doing all the editing. And uh, learning lots of new things about audio each day. So thank you so much for being so patient from the very beginning, especially. Another listener recently said that a lot of the Zoom guests recently have been a bit hard to hear when listening in a car. So I'll keep working on that.
1: And thank you guys so much
0: for your patience. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy these words of wisdom
1: from Gary V. I'm only an in internal validation. I'm not an external validation, which looks like a contradiction to the way I roll because yeah. I'm so out there. I almost think that that's why i am so successful out there it's because i'm only inside yeah and for me there is no winning there is no smelling roses one of the things i challenge myself is to get a little bit better at smelling roses Mm. but i'm not even sure that's right because i think the process is the rose you know just playing is what i'm up to i just want to play doing the right thing is always the right thing
0: welcome to the seize the yay podcast I mean, what words really are there to do this week's guest justice and adequately explain the feelings you can only imagine I felt being lucky enough to sit down with him for a chat about seizing the yay? As I've been bombarding you about on socials, I'm sure most of you already know I met the inimitable Gary Vaynerchuk last week when he was briefly in Melbourne to launch the epic collaboration between his new company Empathy Wines and Aussie wine legends Vino Mofo. Thanks to another amazing CZA guest and Vino Mofo founder Justin Dry. Ahead of every curve with his astonishing intuition, Gary Vee has gone from former Soviet Union migrant to worldwide entrepreneurial sensation, embracing e-commerce before the term was coined, taking his family wine business from 3 to $60 million when he took over the reins, and producing content prolifically since YouTube was just four the months old. The accolades off. and achievements since then are too many to list, but more importantly, maybe not as relevant to list as you might expect, despite him having since founded VaynerMedia, as well as investing early in many of the world's biggest beasts, a la Facebook, Snapchat, Venmo, etc. Not having been quite sure what to expect, it was so delightful to be met with an incredibly humble, hardworking and honest person focused more on redefining success away from financial metrics and external approval and towards happiness and love. He is definitely seizing his yay, and I'm so grateful he shared some of it on the show. Full video will follow shortly too. Ladies and gentlemen, Gary Vee. Oh, my gosh, Gary. Oh, wow. How you?
1: So how show <laughs> a How
0: Good. you Here's
1: But you know I
0: try. Very good.
1: Very good. <laughs>
0: So uh, we have 25 minutes and I am so incredibly grateful that you're giving 25 of your incredibly precious moments to seize the A and you pretty much embody everything that this show is about. Thank so you. I'm very grateful. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. I don't know how to squeeze your essence into 25 minutes. You are so prolific with your content and with everything that you do, but I'd love to capture some of the stuff that isn't covered as much on the Daily V and on the channel. So before we kick off, my favorite question to start every podcast off with is what is the most down to earth thing about you? Because I think it's hard to humanize people who have such a you know big following and there's a very glossy social media surface which you are already amazing at breaking but can yeah. you tell us something really down to earth about you?
1: Well it's funny even the nature of the question makes me uncomfortable yeah so so the meta of the question is probably the most down-to-earth thing about me meaning it's actually what I think a lot about my favorite thing is what people who actually have met me say behind my back. Yeah, that That's the real answer. I mean, the most downturn thing about me is my parents and my circumstance created a framework where I'm unable to hear the cheering. Mm. You know, and so I think one of the reasons I deal well with negative feedback is because of the way I deal with positive feedback. I think the reason so many people struggle with trolls or negative comments or judgment is because they also overvalue compliments. Yes. So I, I for me, I think it's that I have both of my index fingers in my ears. <laughs> what I mean by that is I just don't hear either. And so for me, humility is the thing I'm most attracted to within myself and in others. And so, yeah, just being uncomfortable with the question, I think, is the most down-to-earth thing about me.
0: Yeah, well, I love that so much. I think in every, of all the content, I mean, what I try to do with each guest is research everything I can about them. There is way too much content on the internet to avert everything. But your humility and even calling, you know, the latest wine company Empathy, that alone is something that shines through so strongly that you have, you. you know, come from what you call typical immigrant upbringing, Mm -hmm. and I I love that it stuck with you the whole time. Yeah, me too, (laughs)
1: me too. I I think one of the things I most struggle with, you know, I think fame and money and, and awareness exposes people. Yeah. I don't think it really changes people. Yeah. And um, I think it really is sad to me to watch contemporaries or friends or acquaintances when they do hit a little bit more awareness or more money, that there is an evolution in their personality. Mm. And I think that, I don't think that's a change, I think that's who they actually were the whole time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I'm very grateful that I don't have that DNA trait that makes me think I'm somebody yeah. just because I may have some financial or large following success. Yeah.
0: Well, what also is in your DNA is this entrepreneurial trait and this incredible ability to be ahead of the curve and to see, have this intuition that lets you see what other people don't in yes. that what the next five, ten years are going to look like. Yes. So in terms of your way to yay, that's pretty much the story of how you got to a life that makes you yay. Take us back to the very beginning, because I think anyone who's looking to you for guidance of how to find what lights you up and, and our lives, we're expected to have so many different careers in our lifetime now, it's so overwhelming. Take us back to young Gary. like. Born in the Soviet Union. Born in
1: the Soviet Union. Moved to Queens for a couple years. Then moved to New Jersey. Very close to his mom. Dad's working every minute. Doesn't really have him in his life the first 15 years because he just works so hard. 14 years. And then I started working in my dad's liquor store so I got to really know him. But just quickly gravitated towards business. Mm-hmm. You know, six, seven, eight years old, lemonade stands, shoveling snow, <laughs> washing people's cars. Baseball cards. Baseball cards, you know, all those things. And so much like somebody is a natural athlete or a natural singer-songwriter, you know, every time I watch videos of young LeBron or young Beyonce, I always think, man, I wish my mom, I wish there was recordings of me at baseball card shows or behind the lemonade stand at eight years old. There was a natural talent that I had in selling. And so, yes, I, you know, it's so interesting to be in the prime of my life during the rise of entrepreneurship. Mm. You know, it's on a pedestal, it's cool now. You know, it's crazy for me, because when I was selling stuff in high school, it was dorky, it was nerdy. It was like, you know, making money was not cool. It It was being good at school or being good at sports. So, it's very weird, it's very weird for me to, have admiration or recognize that rappers and athletes and actors and actresses all want to be entrepreneurs now. And so it's, it's very cool uh, in a lot of ways, but I also have concerns about people forcing themselves into entrepreneurship when I know that it's really lonely, it's really difficult and it's just not for everybody.
0: Yeah. Well, I love, you know, I was listening to a, um, I think it was two years ago, you were on Joe Rogan. And one of the things you Pinpointed about yourself that makes you DNA, you know, entrepreneurial to your DNA, not just in aspiration, is that a six year old Gary had, you know, Gary's lemonade stand had multiple venues, and you weren't just the kid that wanted to sell stuff, you were looking more at where you would put the sign to get the most sales funnel towards the lemonade stand. Like, I don't even know how a six year old could conceive of those ideas. It took me
1: 30 years to even know that. I was giving a speech and I just kind of was giving my same standard first five minutes of my speech. And I just remember it very clear. I just stopped. I'm like, wait a minute. I used to sit. I mean, how? I mean, this is just like weird. I used to sit <laughs> and watch these cars drive by and. And literally take my sign and move it. You know, D Rock's in the background right now filming <laughs> uh, some stuff. And uh, he got to see me in action this last week in Chicago at a baseball card show. It's the first time I was a dealer in 25 years. And I mean, the way I was moving around the tables and changing stuff and changing prices and signs and angles, you know, that's what I did. And that's what I do in content and on these platforms. The way I think about LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and my podcast and email service and text messaging platform, it's a lot of the same (laughs) thing. It's attention hacking. It's attention arbitrage. And it's not only attention, hey, here's the best part of my table or hey, here's Instagram. It's also, what am I going to say? Yeah. What's the, you know, what's the language in the sign? What's the copy I'm going to put? What's the title of the meme? It is something I've always done.
0: Yeah, it's so cool watching your story, how it literally just from strength to strength evolved through from six from your first business at six to everything that you've since touched so you moved into the family business at 14 shoppers discount liquors yes did a little rebrand yes (laughs) and it became the wine library yes so a deep love for wine and sales and collecting and collecting very big theme
1: of my life collecting wine was a huge reason i fell in love with it because I was transitioning off collecting cards. cards. Yeah. It was a big 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 theme of my life.
0: And I mean you turned that business into e-commerce before e-commerce was like a word. How did you do that? I mean how do you firstly upskill without I mean you you went to college, you went yep. you know you went through school, but how do you upskill to knowing before before there's a Gary V? I mean there- who was your Gary V firstly? At your age, was there was there a you who was no. prolific in content and no. democratizing? You know, um, let
1: me rephrase. I'm sure. I mean, you know, <laughs> actually, actually, somebody who I'm very fond of historically is Barbara Walters. I thought Barbara Walters was an incredible journalist and and incredibly smart about culture and people. But but I didn't look up to business people. Leveling up did not happen in school. Yeah, it came in the trenches, in the dirt. And the internet, you know, I had probably been on a computer, on a computer for less than two hours in my life when I decided to launch winelibrary.com. Oh my God. I
0: mean, I YouTube te- had been like four months.
1: No, YouTube didn't come out for 10 years after that.
0: Oh my God. Wine
1: Library TV oh, yeah, yeah. was four months after YouTube. This is 1996, 10 years before YouTube came out, <laughs> nine and a half. I just inherently understand people. Yeah. Like, deeply. Same reason I knew that VR wasn't gonna be big in a year or two, two years ago when everybody was going on that bandwagon, I would look I look, I watch. I'm watching what your fiance's wearing. Like that I literally, like that's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) You look great. You know, like like you know, I, I look at the haircut he's wearing. I look at like everything. I watch, I watch. I'm an anthropologist. You know, I think if my DNA was slightly to the left or right, I'd be one of those people that goes into the Amazon. And for 29 years of their career, follows red-headed ants in the Amazon. I'm that curious by behavior. Yeah. Luckily for me, well, not luckily for me. The way that's manifested is in people, and then trends and behaviors around business. Mm-hmm. But that maps to how we look at social issues, politics. You know, which diseases or issues? Like, why are we? passionate right now about plastic straws to paper straws. I'm fascinated by why that's the issue we decide while textiles, you know, continue to do enormous damage to earth and we've got people who are yelling about the environment wearing Gucci belts. Yeah. I'm I'm fascinated by that. What do you choose to do? What do you choose not to do? You know, why coffee over tea, you know, in our <laughs> culture today? Like just those kind I'm always thinking but most of all, and this is where humility comes in, yeah. I never think I get to pick. I never get to impose. I don't think I get to say what it should be. And I think a lot of people think that way. Yeah. I watch and just react to what people are doing.
0: Yeah. I love that you just ask the questions that kind of give us the answers, rather than like just hammering answers down our throat. You invite conversation, and you use your platforms to really get us to think about. I'm an anthropology nerd as well. Like I did law arts, but I did all my theses on like studying what people do and why they do it. It's yes. why I find like war history in the USSR, like yes. all that
1: stuff, is so interesting. It's huge to me, right? Like I leave a place of of communism, I go to a place of capitalism. You know, I'm I'm also driven by gratitude. I genuinely think if me and my grandfathers, both of them for that matter, switch spots, I'm the one who spends 10 years in a communist jail. They're the ones who get accolades in the current world. So, you know, I'm driven by gratitude. Mm. Like just completely and utterly driven by gratitude. Yeah,
0: I was um, adopted from an orphanage in South Korea. Same thing, came here I was like, it could have been so different, which means every second is like, make the most of every opportunity that there is out there to to use platforms to share these stories. Adversity
1: at a young age is an incredible foundation of success.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You
1: know, you and I had to live our whole lives once it started becoming aware to us what our circumstance was, understanding like, thank God, Yeah. no matter what was hard, no matter if it was hard being, for me, in a family that was trying to make its way and. And it was a struggle early on or for you having to think about like the dynamics of being adopted or uh, no Mm. matter how hard it was, there was still a part of your brain mind that understood there was an incredible luck and great gift that was given, which creates a really interesting framework of just ambition, Mm. you know, gratitude, just a good mix of things that tend to work out.
0: Yeah. So things have worked out so incredibly well for you with that drive and like intuition from building the family business. I think it was 3 million to 60 million mm-hmm. through just taking it over. Then VaynerMedia in 2011, founding it with your brother. You've got Ask Gary Vee, you've got The Daily V, You're like literally the most prolific content creator in the world, which is absolutely incredible because you use it to inspire you know the future generations to think about what they're doing and not just be on this conveyor belt of achievement, which is what Seize the day is all about. Instead of seizing the day all the time, gotta find your joy and do what matters to you
1: i'm on a i'm on an incredible mission an incredible mission to redefine the north star mm. from financial success to a happiness conversation yes i really believe it can be achieved i'm flabbergasted by what has transpired over the last three years in watching a lot of young alpha males convert in front of my eyes from guys that would do cliche dumb shit in their (laughs) 20s with girls and money to ones who talk about empathy and kindness and gratitude. And it is not lost on me that I am taking the gifts that my mom and dad gave me and I'm giving them to the world and my happiness framework and the way I treat people is for some reason becoming cool, mm. and, if, and I'm just gonna squeeze the shit out of that because it's leading to good.
0: Yeah, so how do you, like in that whole anthropological discussion of redefining success from a financial metric and an external validation metric right. to an internal a really yeah, yes. like fulfillment metric, when did you click over? To I'm successful? Or, or what does that feel like for you? And you know, imparting to you, you've got that's two beautiful question. children, like yes. Xander and Misha, Yes. and they I'm sure, have had their own lemonade stands. What is the metric of success or feeling or definition that you want to impart to them?
1: Well, A, it's for them not to feel like they have the lemonade stands. So, like, Misha has no interest in, I'm always like, let's sell slime or this and, <laughs> and that. She's like, no. I'm like, great, awesome. You do you. Yeah, X-Man's showing a little bit of an ability to flip cards, so that's exciting for me, as you can imagine. But I want them to love their game as much as I love mine, and whether that is being a professor in a college, which would be really ironic and funny, or a sculptor in Egypt, like I, or a stay at home dad. Mm-hmm. you know, for me, as long as they're on fire the way I am, then I've achieved my goal for them and to be honest i don't even even that sentence was funny to me i i don't even want to impose a single thing other than you know making sure they're good human beings that matters to me and make sure they're not entitled i have to be very careful of that given the financial circumstances they're growing up in that's really it that's it as far as like when it clicked for me it clicked in a couple different ways i remember the first day literally oh god i'm getting really interesting goosebumps like different kinds like inside not outside <laughs> I haven't talked about this day. I got a little emotional just now. The first day of my career, that first day, that first day that I was like, I'm done with college. I will never have to go to fucking school again. (laughs) And I I will never forget that Monday morning in the liquor store. It was the, great. it might still be my favorite day of my life. It was just like, I knew I was on the beginning of the thing that I was meant to do, which is, you know, be a professional businessman, and so that was amazing. Literally, that day I felt successful, and then, honestly, all the accolades like building up the business, making the smart investments in Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff, Tumblr, Vayner, becoming Gary V quote unquote, writing those books and speeches, and the the millions of followers. I don't I don't see things like. In that way, I, I'm aware, like when I did Planet of the Apps with Gwyneth Paltrow, Will I Am, and Jessica Alba, I was aware on Apple's platform, I was aware, like, oh, this is cool, like, uh, this is another level up for me in positioning to them. But you said something so incredibly profound. I am so inside. I'm so inside. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm only an internal validation, I'm not an external validation, which looks like a contradiction to the way I roll, because yeah. I'm so out there. Um, I almost think that that's why I'm so successful out there. It's because I'm only inside. Yeah, I and agree. for me, there is no winning. There is no smelling roses. One of the things I challenge myself is to get a little bit better at smelling roses, mm. but I'm not even sure that's right because I think the process is the rose. You know, just playing is what I'm up to. I just want to play, so much so that I even like when I lose. That's the best soundbite
0: I've ever had because there's a whole segment called Play Today, which is forcing every guest to stop and pull their identity away from their output because we're human beings, we're not yep. human doings and not be achieving, not be successful and what is the activity that you do? And some people are like, damn, I have nothing. I don't play. I don't play for joy. I literally just go after goals and that's there's no rose smelling. Like, What yep. is it all about if you're not so, doing that? So for
1: me, it that gets synthesized a little bit differently. To me all of it's playing and all of it's smelling roses.
0: Which is what I love about you because I think people do sometimes try and get this fitting in the boxes. It's a very artificial distinction between work and play. If you are on fire for what you do, it's all work and it's all play.
1: Literally my favorite things to do are going garage selling, buying stuff and flipping (laughs) it on. Like I get this and I've said this often and it is absolutely true. I, I get a much bigger high of buying something for eight dollars at a garage sale, and selling it for twenty-six bucks on eBay, than I do in landing a five million-dollar client. It's not even close.
0: Arbitrage. I mean, it's arbitrage. Your thing.
1: <laughs> it's, it's just buying and selling. Yeah. Gives me a high that, you know, nothing else does.
0: You've also said something really interesting recently, with which kind of landed really strongly for me was that it's so important to always have a goal that's not. Ne- I mean, followers, financial if you're always going after that you can hit the top but for you like with the New York Jets your goal is to own that football team that's right but you were like if I did it what would I have to, let, to aim for anymore like it's scary to achieve the goal so you have to tie it to something that will always be to aspire to otherwise if you hit it too easily like what's left and I
1: think there, and I think that for me that's a good point point. and I think another thing that's interesting to me is I think you need to have a selfish and a selfless goal, and I think they need to be as big as possible. So I think one of the things that makes me happy is my goal professionally to buy the New York Jets and then to win Super Bowls should keep me busy <laughs> for 30, 40, 50 years, which is a nice long time. My goal to be the most giving entrepreneur of all time is something that will take me my whole life, Yeah. you know? And it's extremely selfless. Like. I am extremely proud and quite conscious, not just subconscious now at this point, that I am going to impact a lot of people. Mm. And it feels really good. Admiration is a lot more exciting than a couple extra zeros in your bank account. And so, yeah.
0: And that's why I love this platform so much because when you can show the human side of people, everyone is just a person that you being just a person but using the incredible impact you have for the positive benefit of people out there in society it's so exciting like you have made me so excited for humanity
1: <laughs> i agree i think i think a lot of people are confused right now and they see the negatives in social and digital yeah. and they're seeing people scale hate what they don't understand is it scales everything yeah. and it's on us if you're so happy then start putting happy into the universe
0: yeah you know
1: right now the people that are most unhappy are the ones who are loudest in their content on social. Nobody tweets, great job, Qantas, on the flight we just took. A a machine just went in the air, landed safely, (laughs) I had a nice coffee, I had Wi-Fi. I bought some sports cards. I don't land and tweet, Qantas, great job on my flight today, but if it was a three hour delay and they were out of coffee, the amount of people that tweet, you know, fuck you, Qantas, Mm -hmm. you know, people are, unbelievably interesting to me we stay very the 98% that are happy are we don't staying quiet to talk about it, yeah and the 2% that are miserable are loud and it confuses the other 98% and uh i don't want to do that <laughs> and so for me i'm putting it, you know when i t- i mean i think this morning on the way to shower i tweeted a blue heart that was it and like and that's just nice and the
0: internet went wild i mean i don't know if
1: they went wild but i think one <laughs> human seeing that maybe just thought that's nice yeah. like like to me, we need to start doing that. We need to make, like, maybe this is the podcast, this is the moment. Like, let's make a call to arms. Like, if you're in a good mood, fucking share it. Mm. Like, because, because this tiny percentage, and I mean, guys, the reason we are still here all these years later is human beings are remarkably good. To remind everybody, we have had atomic bombs that can wipe us off the face of the earth now for 70 years. We're here. We, we've had genocides, holocausts, we've had the Black Plague, we've had world wars, we're here. The and human everybody spirit is, is brilliant. unstoppable. And everybody's dwelling right now on a rise of nationalism and hate, which is terrible. However, let's contextualize it. And instead of judging people and calling them racists or bad people, why don't you go loud about good? Instead of getting sucked in to doing more hate around people who hate, why don't you actually combat it? Why don't we learn from Martin Luther King and from Gandhi and from other people in the past? Which is, you do not defeat hate with hate on hate. You defeat hate with love at scale. And we all have our 14 followers, our 1,000 followers, our eight followers, and instead of flexing about your new handbag or your hot (laughs) new sneakers or the hike you took or the remarkable meal you're having, what about putting out good? What about co-signing somebody that did something nice? Mm. What about watching somebody open the door for an old lady and roll up on them and make a video and tell them about this nice kid? We need to get louder about happiness. Uh, If we all collectively do that, I have a funny feeling the internet will feel a lot more happy.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what this is. There's a little quote book. It's called CZA. Like, the podcast, it's a happy quote for every day. I love that. And people, like, everywhere just, I'm like, share the shit that makes you smile, that brings you a yay, and that shares it to other people. Because it's, life is pretty awesome. I mean, we're in a really exciting time. It's a great time to be alive. Be excited about it.
1: 400 trillion to one. Yeah. 400 trillion to one. That is the current scientific odds around being a human being. Did you know that? 400 trillion to one. You are more likely to get struck by lightning 10 times in your life than have one it is the great miracle, like that whole miracle concept, like you're, the baby's a miracle, it's actually true. It's actually true. And so people are walking around moping about their mom being a jerk, or their, <laughs> or their brother stealing their money, or, or somebody, their I mean, or their pimple <laughs> on their face, or they can't get a new Supreme, or, I mean just, Or the Gary
0: Vee snake is sold out and it was like (laughs) so fucked up. Or like stuff that,
1: I don't know why this specific thing drives me crazy, people yelling at baristas for using the wrong milk. I mean, that to me, (laughs) I don't know what it is about that one. You know, People literally yelling at somebody. No almond milk, you asshole! They just bought a six-dollar coffee. Like, do you know how blessed you are? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, um, a
0: nine-dollar coffee, Gary. Come on. Respect. <laughs> so, just to wrap up yes. quickly, I want to give a little shout out to one of our dear mutual friends, Justin Dry, and the incredible work that he's doing with Vino. Yes. Vino Mofo. Yes. You are here to launch Empathy Wines in Australia, yes. which is so so exciting. So, just quickly give us yeah. a rundown on that.
1: So, I started a winery uh, almost a year ago called Empathy Wines. The ambition is to produce an incredible wine in the U- in U.S. dollars, a $40 wine for 20 bucks. Obviously, there's some price variations here in Australia. Uh, Justin and I have been friendly for a long time. We only wanted to sell direct-to-consumer from winery to people in America. He reached out. We got into a conversation. There's such warm feelings there and admiration. We got into a combo, and Vino Mofo is the exclusive partner of being able to sell the wine outside the U.S. in the Australian, New Zealand, and Singapore market, uh, and uh, the response has been remarkable in this marketplace. And it's a beautiful um,
0: rosé, Californian grapes. And the white just
1: came out, and the ah. red, and the red will be coming out in the fall. And so, it's um it's been an incredible project, and it's really you know it's funny when I was making the rosé, I was thinking about an Australian rosé, there's an Australian rosé that I'm very fond of called Turkey Flat. Mm. Uh, and I remember as I was blending it, the whole time I'm like, I'm going to make a better rosé than Turkey Flat. I'm going to make a better <laughs> rosé than Turkey Flat. And Whispering Angel. Those were the two things I was thinking about. And so um, it's been a lot of fun and and the partnership with Vino Mofo has been uh, extremely seamless and completely built, built on kindness and friendship and empathy. Um, and uh, And I'm enjoying it.
0: So exciting to see it go live tonight. i you. excited we'll be Thank partying. Can't <laughs> so wait. two
1: last questions. Yes.
0: What are the three most interesting things about you that don't normally come up in conversation? And you're probably the hardest guest to come up with anything that hasn't been
1: on a podcast before. <laughs> I'm remarkably non-confrontational in real life, Ooh. even though I'm a tough guy on video and stage. Nice. I sleep seven to eight hours a day. No. Yep. yep. Amazing. I mean, six and it's five possible. when I travel. <laughs> uh, and I really don't, I genuinely don't care if I'm financially successful. That's like, like, deeply. Like, almost to the point where I have to be careful because I almost can feel as I'm evolving the want to sabotage myself. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, like, really have to be thoughtful. Like, I'm really having a very interesting time with myself mm. where I'm like, man, I really, like, almost, like... Like almost, and I've said it a lot, which means it's like like I get into this weird like, am I gonna become like a weird monk and just disappear? Like, I'm. Am I gonna go? Like, I'm just all about happiness. Yeah. Like, and and maybe my version of a weird monk is actually to just become a junk and and baseball card dealer, right? Like, just really go there. But I can feel it in me. You're gonna marry Condo yourself. This is maybe, what's next. <laughs> maybe I'm just a very, I'm a just a I'm. Things are very clear to me. I like that. And they about. have nothing to do with the modern version of success. This is not about stuff. This is about waking up and not having anxiety. I love that. And final
0: question to finish yep. off. What's your favorite motivational quote? I don't know. It can be a Gary Vee quote. That's also fine. You can make it I, up on I the can, spot. <laughs> I will. And I
1: can tell you like what I think about, which is kindness is karma, right? Give more than you take. And probably wrapping it up, like, probably my favorite thing to say, because it hits people once in a blue moon, doing the right thing is always
0: the right thing. Absolutely. What an amazing way to end. Spasiba. Mie <laughs> I mean, I still really have no words. It was so surreal to have been face-to-face with this amazing man, and I'm still pinching myself to have been able to have such an engaging and insightful conversation. I'm so pleased that I was able to ask him a few questions he felt he hadn't been asked before. And to give Gary V. goosebumps, I mean, I can probably retire now, no? So if I don't come back next week for the next few episodes, you know I've died and gone to heaven. <laughs> I would love to show Gary just how much he has impacted us all in such a short time, so as always please do take a screenshot while you listen to share and tag at Gary V and CZA, and I will share links to all his various companies and projects along with the full video of our interview as well on YouTube, Facebook, IDTV and wherever else videos live. Thank you all so much for supporting the podcast so much to this point to get it to a place where Gary V would actually agree to join us and share his wisdom with the neighbourhood. You are all so incredible and I love having you all as part of the journey got a few more seize the yay meetups in the coming week so if you're keen hit up the Facebook group hope you're having an amazing week and a seizing your yay